Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-hosts, the pet experts themselves. To my left, Mr. Rick Pruce from Pruce Pets. Good morning, Rick. Hey, how are you doing, Lee? I'm doing terrific. And to my right, Dr. Will Schultz, uh, retired from Schultz Veterinary in the past. And, Doc, uh, this week's show, we want to thank you for your assistance and and booking uh, the guests for the show because the truth is if there's anybody who knows anything about breeding certain kinds of dogs and showing certain kinds of dogs they're probably going to know dr schultz and dr schultz didn't even know the degree to which that worked rick and i had to tip him off so that he's not surprised the next time but doc let's talk about the dog show because you actually were there yeah we went to the dog show sunday afternoon saturday we were out there was a little bit of football basketball saturday i was a little busier with that Mm -hmm. and then when the lions got done sunday we went took off to the show so there's important things in life when you're retired yeah but at the dog show we met a lot of my clientele that were there that were like c-section puppies being shown uh, dogs that we had bred being shown and dogs that we just take care of general medicine with and a bunch of really nice dogs and as a spinoff we have several of our clients that are going to be on the show today talking about what they did in the dog show how their dogs did this weekend and it's a it's a busy thing and we're going to talk about showing a dog and a where it's on a leash and a ring and then you walk the dog back and forth the dog either stands on a little table and the jug examines it um, or or it's on the floor in the larger breeds but the judge will judge will go over the dog does like an initial health check checks the bite the teeth uh, looks at the coat looks at the form feels the form um, and then the dog you watch the dog gate and part of those people's job is to teach the dog one, don't eat the judge uh, when the judge is looking at your teeth because that's immediate excuse from the ring. Don't go in the ring with a dog that's lame. Don't go in the ring with a dog that's coughing. Uh, be careful about other things. But you have to. You don't just put your dog on a leash and go to the dog show. And that's mm-hmm. what we're going to discuss today. Well, it's fascinating because our first guest was someone who did very well. She's got. She's a breeder of a very popular French bulldog breed, and it just so happens that she was an owner-handler. She does not hire a professional handler to do it. She does it herself. So, yeah, so when you go to a dog show, you have the ability to handle yourself. And some people, if I want to campaign a dog, which is get this dog to show all around the country at large shows, uh, there's a one coming up in, well, the, the Thanksgiving show is just on the National Dog yeah, Show. Yeah. And then there's the Yukonuba Dog Show down in uh, Orlando that's coming up that is gigantic. Right. Um, I have gone down there before to speak uh, on dog-related objects. And then Westminster's coming up. And all these shows, if, if you're just owner-handled, it's kind of hard to get there. But that's sometimes where you get a professional handler that has a big... Uh, SUV that can take your dog and multiple dogs to the show. 
and they will show different breeds at the show, but know that your breed is going in the ring with a professional also. Hmm. But one of the things I will say, and Rick, I'm sure you would agree with this, that you are the the one who runs your store. You don't have a professional manager <laughs> who comes into your store who does it. It's your life's passion, and it's well, a passion. We're not selling Curb A short here. No, it, but, <laughs> no, no, we're not no, selling but, it short. No, but the point is that she was born into it, and yeah, as right. a result of it, yeah. they have that. And we, it, it, she's owner-handled. We, we are a owner-occupant. That's right. We're owner owner handled. handled. Yeah, yeah for it. sure. And that has its advantages and disadvantages, right? Yeah. Uh, we're going to kind of create a store that 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 is in the embodiment of what we think, what we want to do. And in this situation, I imagine when somebody goes to the show, they're going to have a preconceived notion of to how to handle their dog and how to exercise it. They could be just as good as the professional, right? right? right. It just depends on what their experience level right. is and, and, how, the and dog how, how they pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these professionals didn't get to become professionals without doing it themselves. Well, you know, and they started somewhere. Well, and that's what we're also going to talk about because we're going to talk to a professional handler who's going to talk with us about how he does that and how successful he's been as well. And, and then we're going to talk about agility. And this is, if anybody tells your dog needs a job, that's agility. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. We've all seen it. We probably, on the internet, we've seen plenty of opportunity. Up and down through the, up and down through, through the yep, tunnel. Yep. Sometimes that, they take a, st- a stop to, to go to the bathroom. But uh, <laughs> I've seen that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, but th- in this case, I don't think it happened. I think <laughs> they, we, we've got we've got agility uh, extraordinary coming on the radio. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a great show talking all about the great things that Lansing saw last weekend. And we'll see you again in the future right here. On 1320 WILI. From the studios at a nice farm upstate, it's the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show with Rick Cruz and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we have with us on the line a first-time guest. Her name is Debbie Hurst, and she is the owner of Suriac French Bulldogs, and they were breed winners at last week's show here in Lansing at the MSU Pavilion. Congratulations, Debbie. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. I, I can only imagine how does it feel to be a breed winner with now what is the number one breed <laughs> in the United States when it comes to people wanting them and owning them. That has to be a thrill. Oh, definitely. It, it, this was real special because the puppy, she's a puppy, um, she finished her championship at seven months old, and she won't be a year until the 23rd of this month, and she's already a grand champion. Hmm. And that is impressive for what we call owner-handled, no question yeah. about it. And so for people out there that don't know what the difference is, so owner-handled versus what? Versus handler versus professional? Yes. It, it's like, and I don't want to say amateur because, you no, know, it, it, not. but in the, right, in the sports world, um, we're not paid to show our dogs. Right. And right. so um, the professional definitely is paid to show the dogs. Right. And, and, and does that play itself out in your, in, you know, on how you address doing this compared to the professionals? I mean, I would see advantages and disadvantages to being your own handler. Well, for me, I'm competitive. I love showing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I I almost uh, feel like it's an art 
uh-huh. because you're taking an animal and you're conditioning it and you're training it and you're out there showing it and you're showing the world what what you have done and accomplished with the dog and yourself. So later today, we're going to be talking about agility training and what you have to do to train your dog. So for when you're training your dog for a dog show, you're basically teaching the dog to stand. And then when you have to gate the dog back and forth, it has to have a proper gate, correct? Correct. So how early do you start doing that with puppies? Oh, wow. You can start stacking them. We call it stacking for standing. Um, uh, You can start doing that at eight weeks. At eight weeks. So <laughs> I've, I've heard that uh, some of the people set up little, like little boards, so the dog has to stand between two little boards without falling through, and so it teaches them to stand at the proper gate, or not stand, but the proper stance, correct? Do you do that with correct. yours? yep. You do? Yep. Huh. Okay, you can so do that, yep. It's really cool. So it's amazing. And how, how much of time is committed to doing that? I mean, here, how, how long will the dog be standing there? Oh, not long. I mean, because their, you know, attention span is real small. <laughs> Especially at eight weeks. Kind of like yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah. So you don't want to, for myself, you know, it, if you did it five minutes daily, you know, okay. just just to get them used to it. You don't want to overdo it because then they're going to burn out or can. And, uh-huh. and you're and, teaching them to have front legs underneath them, back legs back a little bit, and their back straight and their head up, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so you adjust the distance on these as they grow so that they maintain this form. Correct. Yeah, so in the mind's eye people out there, you have this little dog standing on two pieces of wood, not where they're going to fall and get hurt, but it just mm-hmm. teaches them to stay in one spot. And I, in a lot of rings, they used to always bait these dogs and then throw it in front of them, but now you can't. You can have to pick those up in the ring, don't you? You should. Um, a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of people, but some people don't. And um, and it's a disadvantage for the dogs coming in after. Because there's food. Yeah. Food, 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 food. food. Yeah. Squirrel. Yeah. And that's what happens with mine. She's a puppy and, still. Uh-huh. And I call her the Hoover. And you have a breed that eats. That's the difference. Oh, she yeah. wants to eat. Right. So I have to, you know, just keep telling her, leave it, leave it, when I'm going around the... Oh, it's frustrating. Yeah. Now, yeah. And, and, but you would be treating your dog as you're going around the ring? Giving them treats? No. It's, no, it's not when I'm going around the ring. No, no but when mm-hmm. you're standing still, when you're standing you're still in front of them right. to, to uh, make yeah. them stand. Uh-huh. And you would do that, and everybody does that, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And they, they call that baiting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like going fishing. Correct. But the story, I'll have to bring back, everybody knew last week Mark Yeager was on the show, and Mark used to use uh, dried liver for a treat and had it in his sport coat pocket, and I used to go to the same cleaners that Mark went to back in the day. <laughs> and Mark left a pocket full of freeze-dried oh. liver, and there are people that usually search pockets forgot to search the pockets, and uh, it turned oh. his uh, camel hair coat and everybody else's clothes <laughs> a whole different color at the cleaners, Mark. So, if Mark, you're listening. I don't forget things like this. <laughs> oh, my. Well, Debbie, I have a question for you regarding you're dealing with puppies. 
dispositionally, how do you recognize which animals are going to be fit for showing and which ones would just make wonderful pets? Uh, but, I mean, if you're, you're talking eight weeks old, how the heck are you identifying them and figuring out which one is which? I watch their personality. And um, if and because I have one here too, she's uh, three years old and beautiful. I mean, I I've won breed with her, but she exudes how much she hates being in the ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing that, is, they they've got to want to show. That would be unhelpful. Yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> right. Now, the other thing you so, look at too is coat colors too, right? Right. And, and, and patterns. Correct. And the, what I had this past weekend, she is what you would call a brindle piebald. Hmm. Yeah. So she is um, basically sp- spotted like a Holstein. Splash painted. Cow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Splash painted. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah you know, how yeah. many of these French bulldogs do you have that you're prepping for this? Ongoing, like, do you have six or eight uh, French bulldogs that you're working with at one time, as far as the ongoing process, or do you single one on one and just stay focused on that one one dog? I usually just focus on the one. Um, sometimes I'll have two. I have a male here that's a two year old, did extremely well. Uh, one winner's dog at the national when he was six months old. Wow. And, um, yeah, he's a very nice boy. But now that I got Marissa, my new one, I kind of, because Vinny has gone pretty much, you know, where I wanted him to be. He's a grand champion. But they have levels now. They have um, the bronze, silver, gold, platinum. And I'm not going to go that high. I mean, it's, it's for AKC to... Sorry, but to make more money. Yeah, well, it's, um, it keeps you busier. It keeps your dog showing longer too. So the yes, other, it does. The, the other thing you did this weekend is they have rings where you go in the ring and compete against everybody. That would be professionals and you. And then now yes. they also have uh, groups where you can go in and owner handle. Correct. Correct. And isn't it true that you did win this weekend? I did. I won a, a group one, which is first place. On Saturday, great against all the other best of breed owner handler in my group, which is non sporting, and then Sunday I I won second. Right, we were there and for that. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's and in our clinic when anybody would always come in with their dog and they would go like, "Yeah, we just we just got best in show last weekend or, or one breed." And I'm, my first question always is. Did you handle or do you have a professional handler? And I won't degrade them for having a professional handler, but I always look at the owner handled as being the, the top. That that's, that's the people that actually work for what they're doing. I, I totally agreed. I mean, that it means so much more. And also being a owner handler breeder yeah. is phenomenal i mean i i really really love that when i see people that you know are doing that uh there's yeah. a lady that has an abedin hound and she is an owner breeder 
Yes, we handler. Know right. Debbie, he, how And she is phenomenal. Phenomenal. How long have you been doing this, Debbie? I started showing Chinese Sharpay in 1985. And what got you into it? Where, where, where did you get the bug to breed dogs, to show dogs, to do this? Because I can't imagine that this is a small commitment of time or resources. Oh, that's big. Well, I was in 4-H with horses. Okay. And so that's I started out with horses when I was 12. Smart move. I, yeah. You're not going to get as expensive it, it, as horses. <laughs> no, <laughs> We've been there, too, on the right. show. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So when I I got um, severely injured with my Morgan, um, I actually broke my arm in half. He did. He kicked me. And the doctor said, you're done with horses for a long time. So I still went on and had another Appaloosa after that. And Decided, you know, I'm going to try dogs. There you go. And and I always put Appaloosas up there as maybe not the most user-friendly horses, too. Yeah, and mine was so, he was sweet, oh, but good, he was good. professionally trained. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I didn't have to train him. He was already broke yeah. for me. And I did, I had fun with him, but like I said, then I thought, I never dreamt that I would go on to, dogs but the season boo and i had my horses now this was back in the 90s so i had already had some dogs yeah okay so i have to during veterinary school i got knocked out by a holstein cow i mean (laughs) they left me on the floor for a while nobody even recovered me but and no doctor said you can't do cattle anymore so i went on and did a lot of dairy work for a while but uh, but obviously i stayed with dogs and cats after that (laughs) i don't blame you i I, I got roughed up pretty good a few times well what what breeds have you kind of journeyed with well i started with like you said the chinese sharpay um, really happy with them. A very clean dog. And um, I lost my champion. He, they weren't even recognized by AKC at this time. Right. And we had our own specialties. But anyways, I, I lost him when he was five years old oh. to cancer. Oh, bummer. And I couldn't, I couldn't get another Sharpay because I thought I would always compare them, and I couldn't do that. I've seen that. So... I went to uh, Pug, love my Pugs, and then uh, Rhodesian Ridgebacks. Oh, mm. wow. What a journey. Yeah. Yeah, and so then the Frenchies showed up because they look like Pugs, or the Frenchies showed up why? Because I like pigs, and they look like little pigs. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Well, you might want to go to our archives, because that was the show we did about three weeks ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so if somebody's interested in one of these little pigs, yeah. <laughs> how many little I, pigs I do you have? Pigs. How many How many little Frenchies oh, do you have? God. And I have six. And you six. and and you breed them, obviously. Uh, so if somebody I was... do, I have one that I just did an ultrasound on, and she has five Ooh. or more. That's a big litter. Congratulations! So Thank if, you. if people are looking for you, how do we get a hold of you? Oh boy, um, my phone number. <laughs> we can give <laughs> your phone number. You can give it out. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, it is seven three four six five seven. Four nine five three, or my email is s like Sam U I R A C at yahoo dot com. 
And your French Bulldogs are Syriac French Bulldog, which is a line, correct? Yes. And if yep. I want to see some pictures of your puppies, there is a website with some pictures on it, correct? Um, I'm working on that. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. Yep. Now, Debbie, when when you do see people, uh, do they typically come in and meet with the dog? Is there just one dog available, or are there a few that they get to pick between? Usually there's uh, a few. Um, and what I like to do, too, is kind of match the puppy with the family. Okay. That's you know, good. I mean, if you have a rambunctious puppy and you have a laid-back family, you might want to do the laid-back dog. With yeah. <laughs> yeah, good sure. call. Sure, agreed. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time this morning, Debbie, but we want to congratulate you for your fine showing last weekend. Thank and we you. want to thank you for the time you spent with us. It was very interesting. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was an honor to be on your show. Our pleasure. We've been speaking this morning with Debbie Hurst, who uh, was took the win and the second place with the Syriac French Bulldogs last weekend. And when we continue, uh, we're going to go on and talk with another person who ended up uh, doing very well this weekend, too, right here on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Welcome back to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Here are your hosts, Rick Bruce and Lee Cohen. It's 935 and we're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we have with us on the line a first-time guest. His name is Doug Belter. And he is a professional dog handler. Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. Can you explain exactly how, well, first, what is a professional dog handler? Because some might say if I walk a dog around the block, then I'm a professional dog handler. (laughs) But the bottom line is, explain what it is that you do and how you got started with that. Okay, so a professional dog handler is someone who trains, exhibits, conditions, grooms, and presents dogs basically for money. And, and what okay. breeds do you normally handle? The, the breeds that we have at the kennel right at the moment are English Cocker Spaniels, Beagles, Wire Fox Terriers, and then I have a few odd mixed things like a Japanese Akita and some Karelian Bear Dogs uh, and some Norwegian Buhans. And those, those are all there. You're taking care of them simply for the task yeah. of eventually putting them in a show somewhere. And we also, I'm kind of lucky in in my side of the profession because I get to, and uh, Dr. Schultz will tell you this, with the number of dogs that I've brought in for a collection of semen and fertility exams and whatnot, I'm kind of lucky because my clients asked me to do the breeding and the whelping and the raising of the puppies. Hmm. And, and for so, people out there, that is a huge bonus because the proper care of puppies, the pro- knowing when to do a C-section, knowing you know, when to bail on a delivery uh, in the hands of a professional is worth a, a measurable amount of time and money. No question. And sometimes it's worth the life of the dog and the puppies. Exactly. So both. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So what got you into What did you make you decide? And, and wait a minute, what did you do before you were a professional handler? Uh, actually, I've done multiple jobs, but the uh, when I was a kid, 
I sucked at sports. Okay, quite bluntly, I was terrible at football, soccer, baseball, all those kind of things. That was awful. Okay, so glasses, the whole the whole nine yards, and so I had a friend that took me to a dog show, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And then I bought it, my first dog, saved up all my money, worked three jobs during the summer, and when I was fourteen, I bought my first dog. What was, what was it? And <laughs> no, we got, it was an, it was an English Setter. Nice, beautiful. And by dogs. the time, and by the time I was seventeen, he was already. This was in Canada, where I was raised, and by that time, he was. By the time he was three, and I was sixteen, seventeen, he was already the number one English setter in Canada with multiple best in shows, and wow. I was kind. Of, I was kind of hooked. Yeah. And then I finished two years of veterinary technology at the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. And then I worked for my father, who had a multiple string of dog supply stores across Alberta. Then I got mad at dog show people because I thought they were all silly. (laughs) Which which was you. Well, yeah, yeah, I do that. Now I do that all the time. Now I'm just over it. (laughs) I went went down to California and learned how to be a farrier. And I thought that was a great little job until a horse threw me through a barn door. And I said, I can put up with dog show people rather than this. And and for anybody out there, a farrier is the hoof cleaner and hoof shaver. And they have the worst backs of any career on the face of the earth. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So then I came back and I went down to the States and I worked for two professional handlers down there. One was named Dennis Springer, who was a terrier guy, and yep. the other one was Paul Boer, who was a working dog and sporting dog guy. Learned my trade from them, went back to Canada for several years, met my wife, who has been one of the greatest influences in my life, and moved to Michigan. And I've been here for 20 years now, wow. 21 years. I, I'm just curious that age 14, how were you able to get your hands on what became such a phenomenal dog? How did that happen? Uh, you research around. Uh, I had visited several kennels by that point uh, with my father. At 14. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and we went to several different kennels, looked at the dogs, looked at how they were cared as puppies. I mean, a lot of it is dogs are like kids. By five years old, a kid is imprinted, mm-hmm. okay, is, is what they say. Well, by four or, five month, four, or five, four or five months old, a puppy is imprinted, and if you're there in terrible conditions, you have a longer time to try and bring them around. This one kennel we went to was absolutely wonderful. He was a singleton puppy. He was spoiled rotten, and I bought him. And, and, and I hate to do you know what's interesting? In, in in my entire career, the singleton puppies, everywhere we've always done, people are, oh my God, it's a C section. I got a singleton. It's the best puppy that they will raise in I, so many cases. So, so when you went there and you got this, do, were you aware of confirmation? Did you know the headset, the ears, the head, the forehead, the nose break? Did you know all those things when you bought this dog? I had gone through, uh, I had already started. Uh, working with the, at that time, it was the Edmonton Junior Kennel Club. We used to have junior kennel clubs back in the day, and they went around and they did cleanup at the shows and, <laughs> and helped out anybody that was there. And, then, and part of it was education. So I was taught earlier on what to look for. Yeah, fourteen-year-old that pays attention—that that in of itself—that's hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got news for 
<laughs> we didn't have video games. Well, yeah, there. There you yeah. go. Well, plus, I'll bet you that that kid who was picking for the baseball game in elementary school couldn't have done that. So, <laughs> revenge is sweet. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got a very good career. So, this weekend, how did you do? Uh, we had a really good weekend. The uh, English Cocker Spaniel that my wife read and we raised, uh, we call it together with a, another lovely lady in Minnesota. Man, Nancy Sweet, who's been in English Cockers for a very long time. She won the breed both days and was group second behind the number one sporting dog in America. Mm, so that was good. Uh, it was a hound specialty, so there was over 270 hounds. And the little beagle girl that we had was best of breed all three days and was fourth in the group the last day. So that was good that way. Excellent. Wire Fox Terrier won her breed every day. And also placed group four twice. And then we had, um, you know, selects, uh, select dog selections on our lab champion dog. So he finished his grand championship that day. So it was all in all a very yeah. good show. So if I'm the competition and, and you're done and you go outside and all your tires are flatted, um, it, does, that, <laughs> does that tell you anything? <laughs> fortunately, you fortunately did very dogs, well. so people have never, ever gotten to that point that I know of, at least in the Michigan area. And when you handle uh, one of your own dogs, is that considered owner-handled, or are you just a plain professional on the side of the show no matter what? I, they, because of the rulings, because of AKC, uh, the American Kennel Club, uh, neither my wife or myself can participate in owner-handler. That's what I was going uh, I, I Although you are, bit, you basically are owner-handled, yeah. right? I find it a little ridiculous that my wife, who's a nurse, can't compete in owner handler because she's married to a professional handler. Well, you're kind you're like, the problem all the time. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like saying that uh, Dr. Schultz's wife can't participate because she's a she's a veterinarian by you know by, by proxy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's what they do, and we accept it, and we just go along with it. Doug, what would you say to someone who was considering getting into? Uh, showing their dog about having a professional handler to do that for them? is uh, I'm sure it's something you'd recommend, but what would you say to them? And we've got about a minute. Go and look at the show. Go watch at the show. See who comes in first in the morning. See who exercises their dog the most. See who presents their dog with the most care and, and looks like they're actually enjoying their job. It's It's the same as anything if you if you find a person who's competent but just going through the motions that's not a person you want to deal with if you can find someone who's competent and enjoys their work i mean i'm i'm fortunate i love my job uh so it's kind of like never class is really work and and if i'm looking for a handler how do i get a hold of you you look uh you can go for most of the handlers that are akc registered have their kennels inspected they're under the supervision of the american kennel club you can go to the American Kennel Club website and look up the registered handler program, and it will give you a list of names of handlers. Then go research those. Great. Fantastic. Doug, congratulations on an outstanding show, and I hope that success continues for your different breeds. 
headed for Florida. <laughs> well, All right. Well, good luck with that. We've been speaking this morning with Doug Belter, who is a professional dog handler. And when we come back, we're going to switch the topic a bit. We've been talking about showing the dogs, but how about actually the work and the fun of it? We're going to talk all about the agility aspect of it. And I can tell you something, it is fun when a dog gets it. There is a great feeling to that. So that's what we'll talk about right here, 1320 WILS. Hey, got some ideas for a show? Questions? Maybe suggestions? Just email us, mmpets at 1320wils.com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash mmpets. Welcome back to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we have with us on the line Owen Dietrich, who is the president of the Capital City Canine Agility Club of Lansing. Welcome to the show, Owen. Thank you very much, and welcome, gentlemen. Yeah, so Owen, last weekend was a big show here. Uh, How did it go for you guys? We had a very good show. The numbers for dogs competing was very, very high, and a lot of the exhibitors really enjoyed themselves the whole weekend. And so we were at the show, so people have to understand there's basically two dog shows that were going on this weekend. One is a bench show, and one is the agility show, correct? One is the breed show, a breed, yeah. and one is the, is the agility, yes. Right, and so the difference is you guys have dogs that are actually trained. <laughs> this is going to make them all upset, <laughs> but, but you've got to go through quite a bit of work. Tell us how you start. And oh, first of all, agility is uh, an A-frame, a tunnel. Uh, tell us exactly what they go through. When uh, dogs are performing agility, they're uh, tackling a course that's, uh, pre-designed by a judge who um, places obstacles out onto an open area, usually 100 by 100. The obstacles can be jumps uh, on A-frame, tunnels. There'll be something called a broad jump and a dog walk. But there's several articles that are out there in a pre-designed pattern. Right. And is it up to the judge to decide how he wants to lay it out? Oh, yes. The the judge will actually get a diagram of what uh, area is available to the judge, and any obstacles that are on the course, like uh, post or such, will be, be noted for the judge. Then the judge um, uh, formulates a plan, depending upon the level of the uh, course that he's designing or he she's designing, and then that, in fact, is submitted to their rep to review it to make sure that all the safety standards and all the uh, rules have been adhered to. Now, are there certain advantages to certain breeds of dogs when it comes to uh, the actual stunts or the the actual things that are set up? Because I would imagine that there is a big difference when it comes to a tall dog versus a short squat dog when it comes to, for example, as they're running through those different uh, pegs that are on the ground. Is, is that the case? Well, no, not, not really. The pegs are set, uh, the pegs that you're referring to are actually called weaves. Okay. And they are 24 inches apart. And depending upon the level of the uh, dog's activity, He'll be either, she'll be either attacking uh, 12 weaves or six. Okay. 
and and addressing your question, no, the course never changes for the uh, different heights and dogs. They all run the exact same course, with the exception that small dogs will have the A-frame drop down to a lower height. Okay, but but they're <laughs> for, all for us short people. That's course. awesome. Yeah. Well, because I, I would imagine that, I mean, the Jack Russell Terrier is just a demon when it comes to speed. Oh, but, boy, you get some of those height things going, and what a disadvantage this dog has got. <laughs> well, yeah. now, that's something I probably should correct also. Oh, please. Each dog has, or uh, every breed has its own standards. Okay. And because of those standards, uh, the height of the jump will vary. For instance, uh, I run what's called a Belgian Traverne, and quite often they jump 24 inches. Now, a Jack Russell or even um, some of the smaller dogs will drop from anywhere from 4 to 12 to 16 inches. <laughs> but you know, I've seen Jack Russells jump like 5 feet, <laughs> but you know, it's got to be fair for everybody, right? Yes, it does. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So when you start a puppy and doing this, um, what age do you start them at? Well, puppies can usually start, um, they can not not run a actual AKC course until they're 16 months of age. Okay. But we start training um, almost probably right around um, three to four months nice. we'll start. Now, the dogs will not be jumping but they'll learn the the different obstacles, and the handlers will learn what their dogs uh, can do and can't do. Yeah. Well, the coolest that one time. that I see in the whole thing is the weave poles. And, and to me, I probably couldn't <clears throat> do that at speed. So how do you teach your dog to keep, keep their nose? When you look at it, it's the coolest yeah. thing to watch. Yeah. How do, you, how do you start them through that? Well, there are a lot of different... Um, styles of training for that our club happens to teach what is commonly referred to as two by twos where you take two weaves two weave poles on a stand and you just introduce the dog to that particular uh, obstacle from different angles wow and if people are listening um, don't know a weave pole is a whole how many are in a row in the well, competition if you're if you're running novice, you will run uh, six weave poles. Okay. If you're running a higher classes, open or masters, you're hitting uh, 12 weave poles. And, and what the people understand is the dog starts at one end and has to zigzag through all of these at rocket speed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the part that's just so amazing. And, and, and the thing I always find rather fascinating <clears throat> is, you know, I see the handler kind of pointing the way. But it would seem to me they would have an easy way of getting lost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do they know to go from one to the next to the next to the next? It would just seem so likely that they would screw up in one way or another. Does happen, doesn't it? Well, actually, that goes down to the handler's skills and years of training with the dog. Repetition. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're trained on... Um, how to attack obstacles or how to take obstacles. And the handlers learn how to direct the dog. Some are directed by verbals and others are physical uh, changes in their shoulders or hands. Interesting. Now, now when, when you, how do the, the winnings happen? 
how does the like if you have a particular dog breed, is it competing just against its breed, or is it competing against the entire field? No, actually, it's neither one. Um, the okay. dog competes in an agility trial like ours. They compete according to height. Hmm. Um, for instance, all the 24s will compete against each other. All of the dogs that are jumping 24s will compete against each other. And um, they're, com- they're actually running against the clock. The judge has, has walked the course and measured it out. And by a mathematical equation, comes up with how much time the dog is allowed to run that course. And then you have to beat the clock. Interesting. Oh, okay. Interesting. And, now, and, de- and depending upon how fast you beat the clock, you may be one, you may be the number one dog, or you may be just qualifying. Well, okay. and then how let's say uh, how many how many sign up for a particular class or height oh, yeah. and then how many make it through the first stage of uh, yeah. time is that usually like half of them make it through or or is it times when nobody makes it through <laughs> there are times when very very few make it through and there are times when um, everybody in the 24 section makes it now it's not a case of elimination it's a case of you just running uh, running your dog on a course that's pre-designed, and you uh, attempt to that actually defeat the judge plan for you to fail. Yeah, yeah, amazing. It's it's yeah. it's absolutely wonderful. Oh, and two very quick questions for you. Uh, one is where are you located? Our Capital City Canine Agility Club is located right here in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, do you have a physical location where people come to? Well, we're in the process of moving right now. We have not got all of our equipment over at, at a location, but uh, we hope to be in there totally by February, and it's going to be 108 Southland in Lansing. Okay. And if people want information about you, uh, do you have a web address? Yes, we do. We um uh, and quite often change this uh, for information as it uh, proceeds. The website is cccagility.com. Okay, fantastic. com. Fantastic. Oh, and we want to thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure, and uh, we hope to talk with you again. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate the time. Oh, it was it was great. And, Doc, thank you so much for your help in getting this together. It was a very interesting show, but like all good things, they must come to an end at some time, and that's all we've got time for today. But on behalf of our producer, Bruce Warner, and my co-hosts in the studio, Dr. Schultz and Rick Proust, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you a great weekend, a great weekend. We'll talk next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com forward slash MMPets. Upload your pet's picture or check out the silly pet photos that we put up there to get you through your day.